Hi, and welcome to Quest, a vineyard church where we strive to live life as friends with faith through knowing God, loving others, and making a difference. If you're new, there will be information at the end of this podcast to help you plug in at Quest both in person and online. Now, let's dive into this week's teaching. Yeah, I'm uh, Jeremy Shelley, youth and teaching pastor, and uh, I'm excited to be back again this week talking about Revelation. And um, uh, you may notice that uh, there are some hula hoops on stage. That's because I'm a youth pastor and I've got a reputation to protect. And so we're going to have some fun today. And I hope you guys will join in. You'll see in a minute. It's going to be great. Um, but before before we get there, I want to just um, uh, review a little bit about what I talked about last week. For those of you who may not have been here or heard the message, uh, I challenged everyone here and I would I would continue this challenge to anyone who's here today if you haven't done it yet I challenge you to reread revelation uh, from a different perspective you know for the past 200 years um, there there has been a new teaching that has permeated biblical interpretation and that teaching in my opinion has ripped off some of the veracity of John's vision and Jesus's revelation um, but thankfully all is not lost that's what we talked about last week we found out that that we can still find encouragement uh, the encouragement that John wanted to communicate through this book and that really was the point of last week. So, um, you know, it's, it's to be encouraged and, and I might even say be excited about enduring through the, uh, persevere through the, the hardship because you're doing it in the name of Jesus Christ rather than excitedly waiting for some kind of escape. Well, this week we're going to explore why we would want to persevere. You know, what is really at the end for us anyway? Uh, because if, if there's no incentive, and I think John, um, maybe, maybe God is, is a better way to say that. If there's no incentive, uh, then, then we might, you know, if like if we don't have something to look forward to with hope, then it might be hard for us to really be encouraged to persevere. And so what I want to do this week is I want to jump forward to the end of the text of Revelation to discover what heaven and eternity will be like. Last week, we started in 1. This week, I'm going to 21 and 22. That's what you're supposed to do with all good novels, right? Just skip to the end, find out what happens. Um, know if you really want to read the whole book. Let me tell you, you do. Um, okay, so, so if you'll turn with me, uh, to Revelation 21, we're gonna, we're gonna read about this new heaven and new earth. And I'm gonna skip around just a little bit and talk some about the text as we go through it. But we're, we're gonna begin first in verse 1 of chapter 21. The words are on the screen, uh, but as always, I encourage you to open up your own text and mark in it and, and write notes there. So this is John's vision of heaven. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Now I'm going to skip to verse 22, just kind of take away some of the description of of Jerusalem that John gives. 
Uh, I encourage you to read it, though. Um, but let's, let's go ahead and move on. Verse 22, And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need for sun or moon to shine in it. For the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. And I, I want to stop here for a moment, because um, I, this imagery of the gates is, is so profound to me. Uh, I grew up loving the paintings of Norman Rockwell. You guys, you guys know Norman Rockwell, right? He always painted about like, you know, nice down home, safe, good kind of stuff. The image that John is, is, is talking about here is, is kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, when you say, man, I remember back in the old days when we could, you know, leave our doors unlocked at night or, or you know, we didn't have to worry about anyone coming in. John is saying, that's what we're going to do with the gates. The gates are, are, are going to be open all the time during the day. Oh, and by the way, there's no night. So what does that mean? The gates will never be shut because there's no enemy to, to fear or to worry about. We don't, we don't have to fear that because the enemy is not left. Satan is gone. He has been vanquished, right? Right. It's only God and good that resides in the new heaven and the new earth. And so we are completely safe. Well, let me continue. Verse 26, they will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations but nothing unclean will ever enter it because there's nothing unclean left. Nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now let's um, move over to chapter 22, beginning in verse 1. Then the angel showed me a river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Through the middle of the street uh, of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. I'm going to pause just one more time. Uh, because last week I talked about this idea of perseverance and, and how when we persevere in the name of Christ, what we're doing is we're, we are burning brightly for him. It's, it's, it's the same thing Jesus was talking about in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, um, where he says, we, we are to be lamps for Christ, you know. And, and, and so here, it, it, like, when John is talking about, uh, or what he's about to talk about is so amazing, when, when you think about what it means to burn brightly for Christ, to persevere for him, uh, to, to endure through hardships and persecution on his behalf. Listen to what he says here in verse 5. In eternity with God, this is what we're going to experience. Night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, and for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Just the idea... That, that we no longer have to, you know, like, it, like endure and burn bright for Christ because, um, Christ is there with us. He's the light. It's, it's almost this idea of, of sacred rest, of relaxation. We can let our guard completely down for once. Whoa. And that feels so good just to think about it. It's, it's, it's eternity with God. It's, oh, it's great. It's the, that great vacation. 
now, all of the text that, that we're reading, it's, it's, it's just so full. It's pregnant with imagery. Um, there's images of Eden that we see. I think John is, is wanting believers to look back to the very beginning of time uh, where there was no separation from God, when, when people walked with him in the garden and, and they, they spoke and, and had a full and complete relationship with him. He's, he's also painting these imageries, images of, of, of recovery of healing, of being renewed. And, and that comes from when, when sin first entered the earth and, and then we were cursed with death. Now there's renewal from all of that pain and suffering that we've experienced. This is supposed to be this glorious moment that just um, encourages believers just to say, look, it's going to be so wonderful for you. It's incredible. And, and when we get to this part of the text... What a lot of people think um, is that really this is what the book of Revelation is all about. It's about heaven. It's about the new earth. It's about the new creation. Um, but, you know, I, I really want to argue. I mean, I think I think it's it's there's still just more. I think this is just the encouragement to um, help believers persevere through the difficulty. This is honestly how I mean, this is how Revelation began. After all, in his vision of John, Christ is partnering with believers by encouraging them uh, because. All of us know, you know, like the, the, the greatest temptation that many of us will face is to quit when things get tough. Um, do you guys know what, what these folks all have in common? Does anybody know what, what these guys all have in common? They were all failures, right? Uh, Michael Jordan, uh, he got cut from his high school basketball team. Pfft, yeah, he'll never play. He's not that good. Greatest player of all time. Sorry, LeBron. Um, just kidding. No need for controversy now. Uh, Albert Einstein uh, couldn't speak fluently until uh, he was nine years old. His teacher said that, that he would never amount to anything. I guess success is really relative for some people. Um, just wait, you'll get that one. It'll come more. Uh, Walt Disney, he was fired for uh, being unimaginative and having no original ideas. <laughs> yeah. Steve Jobs was fired from the very company that he created. Uh, the Beatles were rejected by Decca Recording because of their sound. Decca said that they had no future in show business. Yeah, they'll never amount to anything. These guys are terrible. Oprah Winfrey was demoted from her position as a news anchor because she wasn't fit. This is a quote, direct quote. She wasn't fit for television. No, she's just going to own it. Is like I, all of it. This is network's mine. Yeah, but you know what? What also was um, what what these all these people have in common as well it is they persevered from their failure and they they became successful. Right when it was difficult for them to do what they knew that they were designed to do, they kept at it. And I think that most of us would agree that our world is a much better place because of what they have done because of their success. Right. And, and, and I think that this lesson, this truth is, is really not any different from what John is saying here in Revelation. You know, life's going to be hard, but when you live for Christ and you bring his good news to the world around you, you make this world a better place. That's what John is saying. But then John continues and he makes the case even stronger. And, and he says, look, this isn't all that there's going to be. Life is going to get better. It's going to get infinitely better. And that's what we read here in Revelation 21 and 22. Heaven, the new earth, the new everlasting everything creation. It's going to be so 
wonderful. So just hold on to your seats. Just endure a little bit more. Knowing Jesus is the most incredible thing that anyone can ever really experience in life. Uh, and, and I don't know about you, um, but when, when I came to faith at about age 15, I, I was like turned on for Jesus. I fell in love with Jesus and, and I became like, I just wanted to change the world around me as much as I could. I wanted everyone to know about Jesus. I'm, I want to show you a video real fast, um, that, that really explains this point a little bit better. This is from, uh, John Wimber. It's an animated short, uh, depicting a message that he spoke. Um, he's John Wimber's one of the founders of the vineyard movement and um well he's he's just great watch this video enjoy this as i read the new testament i fell in love with jesus didn't you i liked him i liked what he was like i liked the things he did i liked the things he said didn't you like those things i thought that stuff was hot I like it when he multiplied the bread. You like that one? Huh? How about it? You like that? And the fishes, you know, the sardines. I always picture sardines. I like that stuff. I like all that stuff, you know? I liked it when he went by the fig tree and said, hmm, you know? <laughs> and it died. Can you picture him doing that? I like all that stuff. I like it. I remember last night, come forth. That's a biggie, you know? I mean, that's hot. There's not many guys doing that come forth thing. You know, telling anybody to come up from the dead. I liked all that stuff. And when I became a Christian, I thought that's what I was going to do. I spent several weeks reading the New Testament and talking with these people. And I thought, this is great. You know, I'm going to join up. I want to do this stuff. And so I remember the frustration of attending church the first few times. You know what I thought they did at church? I thought you that people gathered at the church had a good time together, sort of divvied up the land, and then everybody went out and healed a few, cast out a few demons, and won a few people to Christ before lunch. And so the first few times I went to church, I went prepared with the idea that we're going to, you know, ha, I'm going to take Anaheim. I want to go to Anaheim, you know, the deepest, darkest pagan Anaheim over there by Disneyland. That's where I want to go because that's where I was raised. And when they didn't do it, I was disappointed. And I remember one day asking a guy about it. I said, well, when do we go out and do it? He said, what? I said, when do we go out and do it? He says, oh, you don't have to do it. You just have to believe it was done once. Now, that's pathetic. Isn't it? I found out over the next year or two that we cried about it. We sang about it. We preached about it. We prayed over it. We gave to it, but we never did it. We never got to go do the things that Jesus did. And I grew disillusioned in the process. Now, you know, when I worked for the devil, he let me do his stuff. Did he let you do his stuff? He let me do his stuff. But when I came to work for Jesus... They didn't want to let me do his stuff. And I, to tell you the truth, I joined up to do the stuff. Did you? You see, it's doing the stuff that's going to change the world. It's not knowing it was done once. It's not knowing that it's important. 
It's doing it that's going to change the world. Somewhere, someplace, somebody's got to start believing this book and acting on it. And I figure it might as well be us. We're qualified, and we understand that it can be done. He seems like a guy that'd be a lot of fun to hang around with. And I wish I had a chance to, you know, um, when I was 15 though, when I came to Jesus, it was very similar. I mean, it was, it was easy for me to fall in love with him, to, to see the stuff being done and and say, I want to do this. And, you know, I, I thought, I thought I could change my world. In fact, um, there was, I just had, I had these thoughts that like, if I could just have a conversation with, with this person or that person, then they would understand how important it is to fall in love with Jesus and get to do the stuff too. And, and, and I'm a Gen Xer. I grew up, um, like I was in high school in the mid nineties. And so like for me, I was just thinking, man, it'd be so rad if, you know, like Eddie Vedder or the Red Hot Chili Peppers or someone could come to Christ, you know, like it'd be great. Oh, I'd love to have them on our side. Woo, that'd be great. Um, but you know, it was, it was interesting because one, when I was in youth group at the time, we were also, you know, like our youth pastors were telling us to burn all those good albums. And we're like, what? And that's why I wanted them to be on our side more because I thought, man, it'd be so sweet to like worship God to a tune written by Weezer or Radiohead or like Foo Fighters. Oh, so good. I mean, how many times can we listen to U2's Where the Streets Have No Name? And like, oh, this is their Christian band. This is good. All right, never mind. Um, I don't know. Anyway, um, but I, that's what I was thinking. I, I was I was genuinely thinking that, man, I, I would love to have a conversation with those people. I want to influence those people, and I want them to see how important it is for them to know Christ. You know, last week I, I talked about persecution in the church, and, and as the church was persecuted, the, it actually caused the church to grow even more. And I, and I was thinking about that. I was like, man, that, that probably must have been such a cool fellowship because they're coming out of this really uh, dark place, this dark, you know, like these people are persecuting the church, and then they're, they're, they're discovering who Christ is, and then they're surrendering their lives to him. The stories around that those churches must have been awesome. And, and, and I'm thinking, well, why can't we have that here? You know, that, that's, that's what I want here. You know, that's what I want now. But here's the thing. There's nothing stopping us from having it. I mean, sure, in heaven and the new earth and all that stuff, that's going to be great. But ever since the resurrection of Christ, we have access to the stuff through the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, remember what Jesus uh, said to his disciples before he, he was killed. In John 14, that's the same John who wrote the book of Revelation, um, he, he wrote this about Jesus. This is quoting Jesus, uh, verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. That's the stuff, okay? The greater works than these he will do because I'm going to the Father. So Jesus is leaving the earth. He defeats death. Um, he, he ascends into heaven to be with God. And, and then what does he do? John 14, 6, he tells us, and I will ask the Father and he will give to you uh, another helper to be with you forever. That other helper is the Holy Spirit. Okay, so wait, so wait, we're, we're, we're waiting on eternity. It's going to come. Revelation 21, 22, that's going to come. But, but we're here on this earth that's broken right now. And Jesus said that we can do even greater things than he did when he, when he was here. Well, to me, that sounds like we're bringing a piece of eternity 
right here to this place. And that's exactly what we have the capability of doing, bringing eternity and all of its restoration and all of its renewal and all of its healing right here to this place. I mean, this is, this is the idea that, that even though we're not in the, the, the not, or we're, even though we're not in the everlasting new creation with God, it still reigns among us and we can experience its blessing because of who we bow to and who we trust. Now, I'm going to do a demonstration. Are you guys okay if I do a demonstration this morning? Um, as a youth pastor, I have to communicate in all kinds of different ways to keep the kids' attention and to get them to understand. And, and I think more than anything else, we're all just, all of us are just grown-up kids. And so you'll probably need the same kind of interaction. So I'm going to do a relay race this morning, if you'll let me. Is that okay? Yeah? But it means, it means that I need some participation from the audience. Okay, so here's how it's going to work. I'm going to get two teams of four, and uh, and hold on, hold on, in a minute, yeah, uh, you, uh, eager, I like it. Okay, so two teams of four, and uh, what you're going to do is you're going to take one of these hula hoops, and you're going to pass it over your head. You guys are lucky, by the way, because um, uh, in the first service, the demonstration was different. It was like I had the, the people cover their face in shaving cream and then throw Cheetos at it, but we ran out of shaving cream, so you guys are doing this. You guys are... I'm kidding. That didn't happen. That would have been sweet. That's that's my next message. Get ready. Um, okay, so so four people are, are going to get in line. This is a relay race, so the first one is going to take a hula hoop. It's going to go over their head, um, under their feet, and then pass it to the next person, which is going to go under their feet and over their head, and so on down the line, okay? So I need two teams of four. That's eight people. The first eight people to um, come up here, you have a chance of winning some candy. I mean, this is real deal stuff here. So come on down. Anybody who wants to help you, yeah, come on. Line up right over here. Two, two teams. One team here and one team there. I got some volunteers. They're coming. This is all girls. Where are the guys? Where are the guys? Come on, guys. That's right. That's what I want to see. Awesome. Okay. You are a team of four. You're going to be pink. I think I got one too many. I got one too many. That's okay. That's okay. Um, do you five think you can beat these, this team of four girls? No. <laughs> you're, at a, you're at a disadvantage, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Next time. Next time. Shaving cream and Cheetos. Next time. You're up. Okay. Uh, all right. This is, this is yours. So, so here's the way it's going to work. Uh, in a minute, music is going to begin to play. That's your cue to begin. And, and what you have to do is you just have to run the hula hoop over your body, pass it to the next person, then run it up and then down and up and down. First team done wins. You get candy. Okay. Are you guys ready? When the music begins, you may as well. Oh, oh, did you guys win? You guys won? Good job. You guys did a great job. You girls can come up here and grab some candy. Um, choose. There's some Starburst, M&M's. Um, there were some other candy, but I think the worship team stole it. Thank you very much for helping out. I appreciate it. I need um, two of you, though. Would two of you girls be willing to help me with another demonstration? Whatever? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So here's, here's what I'm going to do. What I want you to do is I want you to do a reenactment of the handoff. Okay, were you all standing next to each other in line? Who went first? Okay, so I'm going to let you start. Um, so you're going to do a reenactment so everyone can see. We're going to put this on the screen. And um, and then, well, we'll see. Okay, so everyone watch this. Reenact. It's going to be fast, though. You've got to do it just like you did it in the first one. No, you don't. You can just, just go ahead. That's good. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. 
Very nice. Very good. Okay, now we do it again in slow motion this time. And we need sound effects. So it's going to be like, yeah, please. No, 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 no. You have to. That's part of the, you said you would, you do sound. Oh, that's good. That's great. Now freeze right there. No, no, go back. Go back a little bit. Right, right there. Okay, freeze right there. Can everybody see this? Okay, so, so I do these things so that I can make a point. It's not like, you know, it's good that we get to laugh at them too. That's like the added bonus. But there's actually a point. I know, it won't be long. I just have to do this, this one little part of the message. You're doing great. You're doing great. Okay. It's not long. Okay, so let me explain. Everyone, in this handoff, this is a description. I'm not blocking it now. Okay, good. This is a description. Yeah, the hands right there. Okay. Um, this is a description of, of the already not yet idea of God's kingdom. Okay, we're not yet in the eternal kingdom that's described in Revelation 21 and 22. But because um, uh, we will be there um, and we are citizens of that kingdom as disciples of Christ because Jesus reigns in our lives. Because of that, the kingdom is here now. And so with this handoff, this is where... It's starting to hurt, isn't it? Thigh burn. Did you ever play volleyball, like do wall sits? It's just an extension. You're doing great. Okay. So um, the hula hoop, you can stand up, but just hold the, hold the, um, yeah, thank you. Okay. So the hula hoop in this example um, is, is it represents the kingdom of God. Okay. It's a circle. Uh, that means it's eternal. It's a great metaphor. I love it. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just patting myself on the back. I did. Um, okay. And, uh, and so tell me your name. Erica. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And tr- okay. Okay. Right now, everything connected. Okay. So, um, Erica. No, I'm gonna start. Trisha, you started, right? Okay. So Trisha really represents. So Hula Hoops Kingdom God. Trisha is is rep rep. Uh, she represents um, the kingdom of God that is um, in the future. Okay. So that's the eternal existence, the new creation that we will experience later. Um, and Erica, she represents the kingdom of God that reigns in our hearts currently as followers of Jesus. Now, both of them, for this to work, they had to both grasp onto the hula hoop at the same time, right? If, if one of them, like, decided to, to not grasp, to let go, then the, the kingdom of God would have fallen to the ground and everything would have shattered. It would have been terrible. Thank you for not doing that. It's just a metaphor. It's not real. Um, but so, so because they're both holding on to it right now, that's where we are in time. Thank you, girls, very much. Appreciate it. You did a wonderful job. Everyone, um, yeah, helping out. You can have, I have different candy in the back if y'all prefer. Good. Josiah, we got peanut butter M&Ms for you. Okay, good. Um, it's the same way with the kingdom of God. And uh, let's 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 talk about this in in terms of Jesus participating with us in in time. I've got this uh, this slide I created uh, to demonstrate that. So um, at the beginning there was creation, uh, people populated the earth, and, and eventually Jesus comes to us here to earth in the human form. That's known as uh, the incarnation. He lived, he preached, he trained a group of people up. They were his disciples, and then he died as a sacrifice. For our sins, a final sacrifice that would pave a way for us to renew our relationship with God. And he was then resurrected um, back to God after three days. He goes and he lives with the Father. That's that, that cool little thing there. Um, 
Now we, we have this time that we currently live in, right? It's, it's, it's the already and not yet time. This is the, the same time that the church was first established. It's the same time that the New Testament was written. It's the same time that, that John and others wrote about what Jesus was doing and that he was going to return to us to dwell among us once and for all. And, and, and when he comes to dwell, this is such a, uh, it just blows my mind. When he comes to dwell with us, as John said, this is this will be a time when there's no separation from Jesus. None. I mean, essentially, it's going to be like Eden again. Walking with God and talking to God and living with God. And, and, and there's, there's, there's no separation. We'll be physically present with God in those moments. The, and in that space, there will be no darkness. There will be no pain. There will be no death. No chaos. No anxiety. No worry, no fear, nothing that we suffer from here in this place right now. But that time only comes when Jesus returns to live with us. Uh, but it's something that we have to look forward to. Every follower of Jesus gets to look forward to that time. That's pretty awesome. But but we live here now. And this is the already and not yet kingdom of God reigns in us because we are followers of Jesus. But also there's darkness and evil that is still present here in this place. And so then we have to ask ourselves, how do we live Do we live our lives hoping for the future? Yes, of course we do. That's why John wrote this, this part of Revelation. You know, that's why God gave John the vision so, so we could have this hope. But, but is there more? I read something interesting from Randy Alcorn recently that provokes this notion of what, um, this time is that we live in is for. And he said, for Christians, this present life is the closest that they will come to hell. But for unbelievers, it is the closest that they will come to heaven. I read that and I was moved and I started thinking about this. Like, yeah, yeah, the the darkness that we suffer through as Christians is like hell. We can all agree with that, right? But, but, but we don't have to stay here. We get eternity. There's a, there's a future for us that's bright, so bright, in fact, that darkness will not exist in it. But for those who don't believe in Jesus, This, right here, right now, is the most of heaven that they will ever see. That's a disparaging thought. I mean, and and to me, I wonder why someone, you know, wouldn't risk, just take a risk on trusting in Jesus, uh, because having faith in him means that your eternity is secure in a place of so much fulfillment. Why would you not choose that and risk losing everything. It's just a little aside, but I just I question it. But this, this idea of this being the most of heaven that an unbeliever is ever going to experience, this leaves us Christians in an interesting place. If this is all an unbeliever will ever experience of eternity, then don't we have a responsibility as Christians, as Christians to bring heaven to them here in this place? In, Apostle Peter's second letter, he talks about Christ returning and the perseverance of those who will face tribulation on behalf of Jesus. And he makes this interesting statement. And I know that John would agree with this statement. I know that Paul would agree with this statement. Um, this is in the third chapter of, of um, Peter's second letter. He says this, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. 
Instead, he is patient. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but that everyone would come to repentance. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, etc. Okay, so God is patient with us. Why? Because some of us are stubborn. That's just the reality. There are stubborn unbelievers who are too proud to admit that they may be wrong about this whole God thing. But there's also stubborn Christians who are not interested in bringing heaven to earth and participating in the miraculous, the stuff that John Wimber was talking about earlier. I mean, that stuff is hot. I like how he said that. It's funny. That stuff, though, is what shows people how easy it is to fall in love with Jesus. See, God wants no one to perish. And so we as followers of Jesus, living in this time of kingdom of God here on earth, have something to do. We have a task. It's not just dreaming about the soon-to-be coming of God in the eternity but finding ways to introduce people into the kingdom of God here and now, helping them them to see the bright future that might be theirs. This is what it means to burn brightly for God, to be the light of the world. And and this can look so many different ways. Now, how how I'd like to see it start is here in this present space. I'm talking about this place right here at Quest as we care for one another, as we pray for one another, and as we see God in one another, and then we get inspired, we get excited about what God is doing, and we recognize that that this life with God is so good, and and, and we get to this place where we want to bring that truth with us when we leave here and bring it into the darkest places of the world and to those people who who don't know God yet. We, we, We... We want to bring it to them, or maybe we want to bring them to this place so they can see God at work here in this kingdom, in this community of believers. Let me say it this way. If if we, every single one of us that's a believer of of Jesus, all of us are chosen uh, in some way to participate in bringing the kingdom of God here and now because we're empowered to do these things more than Jesus did by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here in this place, here in this carpet, in this room, we, when we bring unbelievers, um, unconvinced people into this place, and they too will encounter the kingdom of God. I mean, the kingdom of God really is best experienced in community. It can be seen in so many different ways. And so that's why it's so important for us to be here, to come on Sunday morning. That's why it's so important for us to bring our friends who, who've never understood what the kingdom of God is like so they can be here and experience it too. And of course, we've got to bring it out you know, to the community as well. But that's done best in relationship with other believers in community But I want to do, what I want to do is I want this place. I want this place to be a place where the stuff gets done. Where, 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 and this is where we're ending today. Where, where healing takes place in the name of Jesus Christ. Where forgiveness takes place in the name of of Jesus Christ. Where, where people are loved because of Jesus. And, And so I want to ask you this question, these questions really. Where do you need to experience the kingdom of God in your life? Here this morning, do you, do you need healing? Do you, do you need community? Do you need forgiveness? Do you need love? 
What do you need? Do you need prayer? Because I want to encourage you to get risky and to ask for it, to ask someone near you to say, help me in this moment. I need this. Pray with me. Do the stuff with me right here. And maybe maybe you're new to Quest. Maybe you've never come um, here before and, and you don't know someone, uh, anyone else in the room. I want to encourage you, if you're interested in getting the, the, the kingdom of God of experiencing here today, I want to encourage you to, to look and find someone and say, hey, will you pray with me to experience this? Because I want to know Jesus. I want to experience Jesus here and now. I want the rest of today that we're here gathered together to be a holy place where the stuff of the kingdom gets done. Are you willing to step out and risk with me this morning? Are you willing? Why don't you stand with me? Let me just close this in a word of prayer. Come Holy Spirit, we pray. Come into this place. Stir in our hearts and our lives. Transform us, move us, embolden us. Let us be people who are about the kingdom of God coming here in this moment, in this place, allowing your kingdom to reign here. Let us bring heaven to this place right now. Move us, transform us, grow us, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon audio. If you are loving Quest's podcast, let us know on Facebook or Twitter by using the hashtag GoToQuest. For more information about Quest, who we are and what we do, or if you would like to help support Quest financially, please visit us at GoToQuest.org. That's G-O-T-O-Quest.org.